Good morning, all. This is Michael, and welcome to the Blood Walk. And again, I'm going to interrupt briefly my series on the seven visitations of Yahshua. And today, what I'd like to do, and this is not going to be that long, I'd like to talk about John the Baptist, and I'd like to talk about the beheading of John the Baptist and what that signified and what that prophesied in uh I think in my very first podcast, I had brought this up, and I used this, uh, this phrase, what they do to the prophet prophesies. All right, so here we are, back to John the Baptist. What does it prophesy? The, be- the beheading of John, what does it speak? What does it prophesy? What does it tell us? This is huge when you begin to understand it, because when John the Baptist was beheaded by Herod, it signifies and it prophesies of the separating, the breach that was coming between the Torah, the law, and the testimony. And as you know, the disciples of John kept his body, but the house of Herod kept his head. Okay, so the disciples of John kept his body. The house of Herod kept the head. All right, you've got that. Now then, loosely, what do we see that happens as a result of this? We're 2,000 years in the future now, folks. All right, this happened 2,000 years ago. What was the culmination of that? In that you have Christianity, all right, which is like the head. And you have Judaism, which is like the body. But the Jews kept the Torah and the Christians kept the testimony. However, both of them were perverted. Both were perverted. That's why today you have a Yahshua that they think came to put away the Torah. And it's it's like, it's really pretty insane when you think about it. It's so insane that they came up with this, and yet it was set in motion by the house of Herod, right? Herod murdered John because John convicted him of adultery, right? So the house of Herod was an adulterous house, and they kept the head of Elijah. You remember John came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. John also came as the messenger of the covenant, the angel of the covenant, same thing, messenger and angel. All right, so the covenant was breached. It was a prophesying that the new covenant that was coming through Yahshua the Messiah was going to suffer a breach almost immediately. All right? So I've titled this episode, The Resurrection of Elijah. And this is something that I really desire you guys to see, to grab a hold of, and you're going to have to ponder this for a little bit just to get a look at the the picture. Um, The Resurrection of of Elijah. How does this happen? The Jews over in Israel, they're waiting for Elijah. The Christians in America, man, they're waiting for Elijah. What's the problem here? Well, the Jews have kept the Torah, and they reject the testimony. The Christians have kept the testimony, and they reject the Torah. But until you reunite the Torah and the testimony, you are not going to have the covenant You cannot have a covenant that's only testimony, and you can't have a covenant that's only Torah. You must have both. Both. Remember, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Testimony, all right? 
You know, and you have to remember what was in that ark. What was in that ark that testified? You have the Ten Commandments written by the fiery finger of the living God embedded, inscribed into the tablets of stone. This is in the ark. You also have the Torah is in the ark. What does the ark testify? The ark testifies of the Torah. It testifies of the living God. It testifies of the creator. It testifies of the life. It testifies of the tree of life. It testifies of the reuniting of God and man, the reunification, people, the oneness, the oneness, the oneness that Adam had with God in the beginning, the oneness that Yahshua has with God now. This is what he came to bring us, but you can't get that. You can't get there when you either kick out the testimony or you kick out the Torah. You've gutted the covenant if you do either one. Either one, you have added to his word or you've taken away from it. The Jews, unfortunately, they took away the testimony. They could not receive it. And I'll tell you what, I don't blame them one bit. I don't blame the Jews one bit for rejecting the testimony of the Christians, especially when they are preaching a Messiah that they claim put away the Torah, the instructions of God, the truth, that they claim that this was all made null and void at the cross. No Orthodox Jew in his right mind is ever going to accept such a testimony, and nor should they, nor should they. All right. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the testimony that the Christians have received concerning Yahshua was actually and literally born out of the house of Herod. All right. Herod decapitated the covenant. They decapitated John, who came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. All right. They separated the spirit and they separated the power. Don't think this was done in ignorance. Don't think this was done accidentally. Our enemy knew exactly what he was doing. Okay, let's, uh, let's go back and do a little history here. And there's something that I don't know that most people are aware of, but the, uh, the house of Herod, of course, was, uh, was, uh, it was the bloodline of Esau. Uh, the bloodline of Edom. So if you want to understand the animosity between the house of Herod and the Jews at that time, you need to go back to Jacob and Esau. And uh, Esau hated Jacob. You all know that. <laughs> You've read the book. Okay. Uh, Jacob, when he was a child, and you go back into uh, old book of Jubilees, or you can read Jasher, or you can read... Many books from that area, that, that era, that sometimes are called pseudepigrapha, but they are well worth looking at. In that, they tell us that Jacob, when he was a little boy, spent a lot of time with his grandpa Abraham. He spent a lot of time with him, right? Sat at his feet and learned everything. In the meantime, Esau, he liked to go out and hunt. And he was a hunter. He spent his time out in the field, whereas Jacob spent his time at the feet of Abraham. And uh, God loved Jacob. And anyway, as you know the story, 
Jacob obtained the birthright and he obtained the blessing. He obtained the birthright when uh, Esau was out on a long hunting trip, came back in, was hungry as all get out, right? And Jacob had him swap the birthright, okay, the birthright of the covenant people. And Esau sold that to Jacob for a pot of stew, a pot of lentils, all right? If you want to understand what the birthright was, take a look at the house of Joseph. Take a look at the profile in Genesis 49 of what was to come to the house of Joseph because of their faithfulness, right? And Joseph got the lion's share of the... Uh, the lion's share of what was called the dominion, the name of Israel, came upon the two sons of Joseph, right? Uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. And they were given the name Israel. The other tribes were called the sons of Jacob, but Ephraim and Manasseh were called the house of Israel. And, of course, Jacob also obtained the blessing which came to the house of Judah. The, uh, and they became like the royal house from out of Judah was going to become the, was going to come the ruler in Israel. So Judah was given the kingship and Joseph was given the dominion, the land, uh, uh, the treasures, all the treasures, you know, of heaven and earth were given to Joseph, right? And the messianic anointing to rule was given to Judah, all right? This also signifies the Torah and the testimony, the blessing and the birthright. So Esau lost these things, and Esau has hated Israel ever since. So here you have, it's an ancient animosity between Esau and Jacob that is played out in John the Baptist coming in the spirit and the power of Elijah, the messenger of the covenant, okay? The messenger of the covenant. And the house of Herod was going to do all they could to destroy that. Because when the covenant is in effect, Esau loses all power. I didn't mean to go to that direction, and I'm, and I'm going to veer off that. I don't want to take off on any rabbit tracks. But here's the deal, folks. When you separate the Torah and the testimony, you create a heavenly breach. You cannot obtain the kingdom of heaven if you have separated the Torah and the testimony. Isaiah says, Bind up the law, seal up the testimony among my disciples if they speak not according to this word, the Torah and the testimony. It is because there is no light in them. There is no dawn in them. There is no sunrise in them. There is no breaking forth of the new day. The breaking forth of the light of the new day is not in them. The great awakening is not in them. There's nothing to awaken them. All right? It is the Torah and the testimony that wake you up. And as you know, Yahshua referred to death as sleep. All right? Awaken, O sleeper. These are dead people. All right? 
And as they awaken, what wakes them up, what brings them to light, it is the Torah and the testimony. This is what is contained in the words of Yahshua, the Messiah. They are absolute truth, and they contain the Torah and the testimony. But if you veer off and you begin receiving another testimony, another testimony, other than the testimony of John slash Elijah, a testimony other than what Yahshua himself testified of. What happens if you follow after those other testimonies is you enter into the breach. You're breached. You have a breach in your spirit. You have a breach in your soul that is separating you from oneness with the living God, that is separating you from oneness with the Son of God. And as you recall, go back, back into the, to the final chapters of John, especially 14, 15, 16, and 17, and you will find that the last prayers of Yahshua, the yearn, the yearning, the groaning, the longing, the aching of his heart came out in these prayers as he cried out to God, O oh God, that they may be one as you and I are one, I in them and they in us. This was his heartfelt prayer was for oneness, for oneness, for oneness, for oneness, that you should be filled with the Holy Spirit, people. No breach, no breach, no breach between your heart and your mind. And this is the new covenant. That's why God writes his Torah in your heart. And he writes his Torah, he embeds it into your very consciousness into your very consciousness. This is an extraordinary experience, people. When God literally lights up your mind and fills your mind with his brilliant white light, yes, it can be very unnerving because there's a lot of BS that we have contained in our minds, right, in the heavens of man that is so polluted. And these things are all obliterated, blown out like Dust in the wind, man, when the Holy Spirit fills you. Okay, here's another interesting little note that I, I don't think most folks are aware of, and, and I wasn't either until uh, not that long ago. And here's the deal, is that, uh, again, there's something I, I was not aware of. However, the house of Herod, right, hated the Torah. They hated it with a passion. They consider, this is the house of Herod, people. This is the house of Herod. This is the bloodline of Esau. And they considered the Torah a curse. They did. You know why they considered it a curse? Because the Torah was the blessing. It was the blessing that came to, to Jacob, to the house of Israel. It came to them. They had lost it. They lost it right? This is why you have such enmity between Jacob and Esau. Very similar, if not exactly the same enmity that you had between Cain and Abel. Cain being the house of Esau, Abel being the house of Israel or Jacob, right? What did Cain do? He killed Abel. What did Esau want to do to Jacob? He wanted with all his might to murder Jacob because Jacob pleased God, and Esau did not. 
And it was out of that that this enmity arose and has been evident on planet Earth ever since. And it plays out again when you see the beheading of John the Baptist, when you see the murder of Elijah. All right. Elijah represents the covenant. He is the messenger of the covenant. All right. So what did Herod do? He murdered him. He cut off his head. They kept the testimony and perverted it. All right. They kept a dead head. The disciples of John kept the body. This refers to the Torah. And as you recall, the disciples of John also became the followers and the disciples of Yahshua. The real Yahshua. The Yahshua of the Torah and the testimony. So to briefly recap, let's go back over this again. What happens when you separate the Torah and the testimony? You end up with nothing but the breach. The breach, people, is death. And that breach is the lie. It is the lie that kills you. It is a covenant that does not contain within it the covenant without the Torah. You cannot obtain the resurrection. You can't obtain it, people. It's not possible. You must reunite the Torah and the testimony. What do you think is going to happen when Israel and the house of Judah are reunited once again? It will happen through the restoration on the Christian's part. It's going to happen through the restoration of the Torah as that lie is obliterated before their eyes, and it will be because God himself is going to light them up, and they are going to understand that they have not received the fullness of the truth, but that they have received a mixed seed, and that mixed seed is called the tear. It is called the tear. It was a false testimony that went forth and spread throughout all of Rome shortly after the death of the apostles. All right, shortly after the death of the apostles who had the true Torah and the testimony. That's why you can go back into the book of Acts, right? And you can read that the disciples of Yahshua, the disciples of Yahshua were zealous. They were zealous for the Torah. These were the disciples of Peter, James, John, and all the 12 apostles of the Lamb. These ones were zealous, white hot, fervent, passionate, head over heels in love with the Torah. The Torah. Why do you suppose that was? Why did they love this Torah so much? Because within the Torah, people, comes the name of the living God. Within the Torah comes the tree of life. Within the Torah people come the feast of the living God, the templates of resurrection. The feast of unleavened bread is the template, the prophetic template for the resurrection from the dead. It is the prophetic template, people, for obtaining the tree of life. It is the prophetic template for enduring the cross. It is the prophetic template for restoring and repairing the breach. This is contained in the Torah. And to have a testimony that tells you anything differently than that is a lie. 
It's an absolute lie. Yahshua speaks of this in Matthew when he says, and you folks need to understand that God himself speaks through the mouth of this prophet, this prophet, Yahshua. What does the mouth of God say? Do not think, don't let that thought even enter your head that I am come to abolish or to make null and void the Torah or the prophets. I am not come to make null and void the Torah. I am not come to abolish the Torah. I am come to cause it to be fulfilled within you. Within you. When the son of Adam sows his seed in your heart, that seed is the holy seed. That holy seed is the Torah. It is the Torah. It is the DNA of the living God. That is what is contained in the Torah. Which is why your enemy knew exactly what he was doing. If you are a Christian, when he robbed you, he robbed you. He robbed you of the life. He robbed you of the abundant life. He robbed you of the name of God. He robbed you of the temple of God. He robbed you of oneness with God. He robbed you of the paradise of God. He robbed you of the tree of life. This is what happened when they separated the Torah from the testimony. And if you want all of these things back to recapture all these things, it is not that difficult to do. Simply reunite reunite the Torah and the testimony. Begin to look at Yahshua again. Circumcise your heart. Circumcise your mind unto him and him alone. It is so necessary that you target lock, even go tunnel vision on the words of Yahshua, him and him alone, and whomever he refers to, whoever Yahshua refers to. All right? When you reunite them, you are going to have the resurrection from the dead. You are going to have the resurrection unto life. You are going to be restored to the paradise of God. You are going to enter into the restoration of all things. When you reunite the Torah and the testimony, behold the spirit and the power of Elijah. This is what happens when you restore it. Behold the spirit and the power of Elijah. And this is what's going to happen within you when you reunite the Torah in your own heart, right? And it is necessary to know what it is because when we say Torah, we are not referring to blood sacrifice. That is not what we are referring to. We are referring to these commandments. You shall love Yahweh, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And this is only possible in the Torah. It's only possible to do that there. All right? No man can say he loves God with all his heart while at the same time putting his word under judgment and condemnation. Not possible. But the Christians have not known these things. They've been sound asleep. They believed a lie. They believed a lie that the Torah was made null and void. Why did they do that? Why did that word come to them? Because the person who brought that word to them was of the house of Herod. It was a member, a bloodline family member from the house of Herod that gave them the lie 
that the Torah was made null and void at the cross. And go back and do your historical studies, people. Do your historical studies. And you're going to see this thing blossom. You're going to see it blossom before your very eyes. And this is Michael. And I'm going to talk to you again in a few days and continue on this series on the seven visitations of Yahshua. So I'll talk to you again in a few days. Bye-bye.